coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and today, as with most days, we have a very special guest. Uh, glad to have Stefan Figley. He's the president of 1-800-PACKOUTS. Stefan, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Rob. Great to be here. It's great to have you. So tell me a little bit. I mean, I, I, did, a, I did a little research. I usually do that with my guests and we talk briefly. But tell me about your, your background. Tell me about how you wound up with, with 1-800-PACKOUT. And you know, I know you have a, a pretty storied career. So tell us a little bit about your franchise, your career in, in franchising. Yeah, sure. So I actually started out on the agency side of marketing uh, with Leo Burnett and cut my teeth doing the strategic elements of it, not the creative side, but the strategic side, understanding the ROI and the data and the analytics portion of, of marketing. But uh, that actually led me to want to be on the on the brand side and then uh, moved over and started working with Service Master and their brand Terminex. And that's actually how I got introduced to franchising is they are mostly corporate, but do have a franchising arm. And so I started working with their franchisees because they were a smaller group and they needed efforts around marketing. And so I engaged with them and got promoted over into Merry Maids, a very large franchise business. Worked uh, at Merry Maids as a chief marketing officer, about 80, at the time, 80% franchised and 20% corporate. So I was dealing a little bit with both, but really enjoy the franchise world. And so I stayed with that, moved along in franchising, was with brands such as Jana King and then Stomatic, and then took a little bit of a hiatus from franchising and tried general contracting <laughs> as a general business. But uh, really some similarities actually, because a lot of subcontractor work, making sure everybody's taken care of and, and, what, and our success is all dependent on each other. So was doing that and then uh, got in touch with some folks from Five Star Franchising and they had an offer around uh, the brand 1-800-PACKOUTS. And so I joined uh, 1-800-PACKOUTS about four months ago. Wow. Congratulations. Must be, you know, it's always exciting to start a new venture, especially with the background you have to put that to work. So tell me a little bit about that, right? So you're coming in, you know, you're president, uh, you have a vision, I'm sure, of how you would like to do things. Um, you know, so, some your background working with different brands, I'm sure you've learned a lot. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the landscape, uh, you know, just in general around marketing over the last, obviously, since you've been in the game about 30 years, tell me what's changed and how, and you know, being president. And now I know you're not running marketing particularly, but how are you looking towards, you know, the growth side and the marketing side of this brand and, and what's kind of evolved that you you're paying attention to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from when I started and even in the franchising world, uh, digital marketing wasn't wasn't even uh, the hottest topic, to be flat out honest. Uh, I had some in my career, I've had some owners argue with me that their double truck yellow page ad was going to um, out trump everything we've got going on in digital marketing. 
and even had one owner call me uh, fairly upset then telling me that the internet was not going to survive. And uh, so, yeah, you, you know, we, we definitely always get these. This is what marketing is about is trying to stay on the bleeding edge, if you would, uh, at least the leading edge, because if you're following, you're behind some others. And so, you know, I, I stay true to that uh, when I've been on the brands that I've worked on. Uh, and currently, uh, you know, there's dynamics, whether it's a B2C company uh, or in, in my instance right now with 1-800-PACKOUTS, we're a B2B on a high, uh, on, on a majority of our business and, and in the insurance world and restoration. Um, and people uh, that I speak to a lot, either looking at franchises or franchise owner, we don't need digital marketing. We don't need... Well, you do because your reputation stays with you nowadays. And that's one of the trends everybody's talking about. You know that everybody out here knows that uh, anything posted nowadays is kind of doesn't go away. <laughs> Whereas someone else could lose that piece of paper they had uh, seen or the newspaper they had seen the ad in or, or anything in, in much older days in my career. But um, it's definitely the adaptation to digital but also the adaptation to customer service. I think in general, when we look at a lot of things, some customer service lacks these days. And so for those of us that are involved with every element of our customer engagement, that's now marketing. And they have more voice than they've ever had before. Sure, they like to talk negatively the most. Uh, I don't know, 10 to 12 times. There's some experts out there probably now that can give me an updated number. I always call it the one to 10. You could get one positive re response versus the 10 negative responses. Um, you know, I have a teenage son. He show showed me a, a TikTok of somebody who wanted to do an exchange. And she brought a, a product back and the customer service person at the company said, sure, here's your money back. And she looked at her and said, just kind of gave her a bland look. And, and then finally, the customer service rep said, oh, did you want to fight? And then they went through a fight just to have it. So um, that, that, you know, that exists out there. But uh, those of us in the industries that we work in, we're, we're really pushing to try to drive that customer service. It is, it is the bo bottom line for us is to give that customer service to the end user. And, and that's going to help us just as much as what we've seen in some other aspects of marketing. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You brought that up. But I think I have very similar conversations with most brands. When we get it down to, especially when you're servicing the consumer B2C segment, well, B2B would be the same, but bottom line is that you sell, like the marketing part is about doing the work well, because yep. if you do the work well, then every, you get the, you get the better reputation, you get the referral business, you get, you get the momentum and the energy. I think even, even just business owners themselves, you know, we yeah. all know that you do well, you feel better. You probably do a better job if you if people like what you're doing for you versus they're not happy with what you're doing every day. So yep. all of it kind of feeds into better marketing, right? And you Absolutely. did mention you mentioned something earlier about how you were a strategic guy and not as much on the creative side when you were a marketer in some of your marketing roles. And I thought of that and I said to myself, if that hasn't changed too, right? The and I want to get your input. I mean, I think data and analytics is so important to a business nowadays. It doesn't matter what really what you're running, but if you're capturing the right data, chances are many years down the road, that data is going to be valuable in many different ways. But tell me a little bit about your thoughts as the leader of this brand and what you want to make sure you're, you're doing going forward. 
Yeah, Rob, you hit it right on the head with the data. Um, I've been involved with it for decades um, at all different levels. And even in the ad agency side of the business, we're talking about, um, you know, TV ad placements are now way, way more data centric than than what it used to be. Uh, it used to be a gut feel whether or not it was successful. You could get certain placements, you had certain tests, but nowadays with all the streaming where the elements are placed, um, you're able to get a lot more data with that. And, and so folks are that are, are running the ads are getting some more understanding of what to do, how it, how it reads with consumers. But uh, when we get into the business side of it in the, in the franchising side specifically that I've seen, data is your, your biggest tool. It's your biggest weapon. You know where and how you can spend your money, how you're going to get that return. There's no guessing game on it. And I mean, I'll take that uh, I'll take that every day against anybody that says, no, I want to do this or that. Hey, that's great. If you have a gut feel and you want to do it, I just wouldn't necessarily bet the farm on it against versus what you have from a data perspective and what you can get delivered. Um, even, even referrals all the way down to uh, reviews that are online nowadays are all based mm -hmm. on the data and, and helps all of us run our business correctly. So when you're an individual owner, even within a franchise organization, the data that you have allows you to compare your performance with others from your same brand. That's the benefit of being in the network of a franchise versus an individual. And so sure, there's dynamics that you have to take on as geography and so forth, but there are folks that can help with that. You can you can make small adjustments. You You understand where it is. But now you have partners making that decision, understanding it, keeping you accountable to it. And that's where the data really can help deliver some, some benefit to owners as they continue to move forward. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I think it's it's something we have to train ourselves too. Like you and I have a marketing background and and you know, therefore we've probably relied on data uh, over the years. We've been trained to do that. And many times working with with uh, clients, it, you know, getting them to focus on trusting numbers versus their gut feel, right? Yeah, it's, it can be challenging, right? It's not especially a small business if you have a lot of small business owners. But the thing about a franchise brand is you run more like a Fortune 500, right? You run more yeah. like you know you have much insight, right? Uh, more than just one location. So with this being said, tell me a little bit about you know, that, that idea of franchising, the, the importance of training your franchisees, supporting your franchisees. Tell me what, how you're viewing that as president and how important that is. Not just sharing you know, innovations or, or, or broader knowledge of, of data, but all the other benefits that go into being part of a network. Absolutely. The, uh, you know, one of the things, and I'll, I'll stream this back into what you just had asked to and how I see it within 1-800-PACKOUTS from the data perspective, but um, the vision, you know, we're, we're still working on that at 1-800-PACKOUTS. We have a mix, just like probably every brand out there, of good, let's call it great, good, and needs to improve a little bit on their data. And, um, and, and yeah, I come from that background, you come from that background, but we have to be able to put it in there so that we can can really see where the brand is gonna go. And as, a, as the president of a brand, I'm looking to help share insights for all of the individual owners, um, specifically when they have data that they can share in their performance mechanisms, their KPIs, and really where I get into is some of the leading indicators. So, you know, 
we can go into all of the, you know, if somebody's playing uh, marketing bingo here, they, you know, the leading indicators, KPIs, garbage in, garbage out, trying to give somebody that full line there. Um, you know, that, yeah, it's all cliche, but it's real. <laughs> um, and so as, as long as they, if they put the data in, they can get some read there. We have folks uh, that I have on staff, myself and some others, and we can go get third-party experts as well to make sure we're evaluating it correctly, um, but also to teach individual owners utilizing the data from the network. So the more data they have, the more accurate it is, right? You can't just say, hey, I have the highest growth rate of the, of the entire network and you started out at $100 of revenue last year, and this year you're at $1,000. Sure, that's a huge revenue growth, but is that a realistically usable data point? And, um, you know, so there's some certain adjustments that have to be made versus something as easy in that. So part of it is an education. Um, you know, I've seen in, in my career and currently in 1-800-PACKOUTS, we have a, a good variety of folks that own their backgrounds come from sales or even the restoration industry from moving. Uh, and then some folks from the financial world that are now leaving and becoming individual owners of their own business. And it's so they're all having a little bit of a different expertise. Some are used to having data and know what to do with it. But if they don't put it in correctly, they're almost stymied for a little bit. And so we're like, we got to work with them in certain ways. So it's on us as a brand to really understand who our owners are and, and the level at which they are and try to help them bridge that gap um, and get there. But when you really look at it from the network perspective, they can actually get a sense of really where they are because we produce and publish to our network the different data points that are available so they can see how others are doing. Um, and it isn't just purely revenue, it's profitability, it's uh, operations, overhead. Where are they having getting hits on their profitability? And then we can open that discussion up with recommendations. We can open it up to a network. Uh, we have some franchise owners that will jump on a call and teach people how to execute a, a production element a little bit more efficient which would generate more profitability at the end. Um, so it, it, it really, that's how the network is there to support everybody. And it's extremely important in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, what you're sharing with me is um, I'm just thinking through my head, well, that would cost a lot of money if I bought that, if I, if I had a consultant help me with that. Um, like one of the, one of the things about data is sure collecting it. It's, it's knowing what to collect, how to collect it, doing a good job of, collecting it. But then it's looking at the right, the right impact, right? The right KPIs. It, you start to look at the wrong KPIs. And it's like, oh, I'm so excited. I, I know what my KPIs are. It's like, well, that one doesn't really, that's not a strong lever to growth or that will affect your profitability. Whereas that one, not so much or not as important, right? But Absolutely. I mean, it's, so it's, it's not just the KPIs, but knowing which ones, if you had no time in the day left, just had time for one one of them. What's the first one you should be looking at? That yeah. kind of stuff, right? And and you 100%. you guys have that. <laughs> so it's hard. We we work at KPIs a lot in my business too, and I'm just like, ah, that, let's let's prioritize. Let's prioritize. <laughs> but because um, sometimes you have only so much time in the day. But so that's that's great to hear. And that yeah, that is that's franchising, right? So I mean, given your 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 background though in marketing and um, and you kind of. You've been in the marketing world and and in the franchise world as well. 
Um, tell me what you're thinking. Is there, from a B2B standpoint versus the B2C, um, what are some of the key ideas for marketing from your point of view? And again, it doesn't have to be digital marketing, but you know, what would be the difference between B2B? Like, how do you really succeed on the B2B side from your view versus B2C? Sure. Well, I mean, the, the first and foremost of everything is location, location, location. You got to be present and you got to be uh, known for what you can do. And so that 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 still remains the same, even on the B2B side and, and more so in what we have. So we deal with a lot of contractors that are already on the job doing a specific uh, water or fire mitigation um, and they need our specialty, we don't do that. We only specialize in content management. So we can come in, pack everything out of the, the house or the building, um, get it to a safe space to clean it, and then we store it. While the other contractor is working on uh, dealing with either the water damage or the, the damage from the fire and the reconstruction and all those elements. So, um, you know, it, but we have to be known that we are the experts in this area and that they can call us and that we're good partners, that we execute correctly. Um, all of that is the, the key to uh, B2B marketing. So there is a digital aspect, of course, um, but it's, it becomes a lot of networking and relationship building. A lot of times you can't just say, hey, here I am, here's my name, uh, why don't you throw me a, a job or two and see how it runs. Uh, they're going to check that reputation out because you're talking about a lot of money, you're talking about folks's uh, pri private stuff, it's their materials, you know, whether it's their sofa or their uh, kids' uh, lovies, if you would, um, and so antique items, et cetera. So they have more than just a dollar value to them. And so uh, those folks that really let everybody know within the industry that deal with it, that we take care of it, we have now a solid presence with that. And we aren't the only ones that do the in, in, are involved in this specialty, but we do it, we execute it, we have a strong reputation. And now it's how do we continue to do that? So we kind of have a hybrid because we have the insurance folks, uh, which are client direct clients. Uh, sometimes we have contractors that are direct clients, but an indirect client is still that policyholder that just had a disaster happen to them. They just got their world turned upside down. And if we don't understand that and have the empathy for that, we've lost that all around. And so that is crucial. And that is a marketing element. It's being able to talk to the insurance companies and let them know we understand what these folks are going through. That's why we can help them even better. We take care of their properties. We have less loss damage. We have because we have the right process in place. So it's really educating the other business, our clients that are the business owners on the other side of why we're there. And so um, you can do that through all sorts of vehicles, whether it's digital, whether it's direct mail, whether it's face-to-face -face presentations, trade shows. Yeah, the, those are vehicles to deliver the messages and the storylines of what we created, but you still have to roll back to the brand itself and the story that you're telling. And you need your franchise owners to buy into that because they are the tip of the spear when it gets down to it, they deliver that service. And if it's good, like you said before, then we then our marketing and our reputation is able to stay intact with that. If they if they mess that up a little bit, then we have some issues that we have to scramble around 
And so that's why it's extremely important on a marketing element to make sure we have that backed up with production. So, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, yeah, well, in, in being part of a franchise brand allows folks to understand what, what boxes to check. I mean, you know, and I, and, and I, I know we spoke before uh, the show here, and you mentioned the, the, the customer service rating that you guys have. Um, I think it was 97. Did I get this right? 97.4% is the overall satisfaction rating that you guys have yes. across the board. So, yes, that's I mean, so, so like you, one of the things you're investing is, you know, you got a brand that you can get, get off to a good start, right? You have a brand that has a good reputation across the board. Um, and, but how do you, how do you get to that level? Obviously, you know why it's important. You just explained one of the big reasons is it helps with marketing and helps with growth. It helps run the business. But how do you get to that level and how do you maintain it? Something as high as a 97.4%. Sure. Um, a lot of that is training. And so marketing, marketing threads through production um, consistently in all businesses. And we can try to say that there that marketing is just marketing and sales is just sales and production and operation is just production and operation. But that's that's not there's an element that goes all the way through everything of marketing. And um, for example, if you have a team arriving at a location to smile, to be happy, don't not everybody needs to know what the worst thing is going on. Well, that to be honest, that's marketing. Um, that's delivering on the brand, showing up when you have your brand on your shirt, your truck, your materials, every time you deliver it, if you deliver it partially, you're only delivering the brand partially. And so for us right now, yes, we have a 97.4% um, satisfaction rating. But the thing is, is that's just an element. That's just one part of our story. And so it's not the end all be all in either direction of that. We can utilize that to communicate to everybody on why. It also builds momentum within our production team and why we want folks in our network to continue that training that we have with them. We have an online training elements that they can go as they hire new folks. Make sure they go through our process. We have it. Check all the, you said, check all the boxes. We'll check all the training boxes. Get through the elements of, what it is to get the execution done. Because if you don't break some of that China, boy, those folks are very happy about it. If it comes back, their, their grandmother's antique uh, dresser, and it comes back in perfect condition, clean, uh, then you know, you've delivered more comfort in their lives, especially in the industry we're in. So it'll, it all depends on the industry that you're in, but you take these elements of achievement that you make. You could have it at 85%. If we were talking um, cable television, I mean, it'd be like 62% maybe, and you're a rock star in that industry. Um, and so, you know, but you got to use what's there and, and then you got to push this all the way down. So there's internal marketing with your teams. So for us, it's our franchisees all down to their teams they gotta, they gotta really live it and breathe it, and it becomes our story as we continue to push it back out. And that's how it resonates with. We have that hybrid approach. We have some B two B extreme, like we just need this done. As long as you don't mess with them, they they're good. That's super satisfaction. That ninety seven point four comes from uh, homeowners or business owners that they're 
lives did take a little bit of a of a sideways turn with something and and you were able to get them back to to reality and working and helping themselves um uh, and not worried about that anymore and so that's where that comes from but it it, it goes all the way through our network um yeah. down to every employee well you're you're being humble too but i i i think it's um you're you're it's uh when you're in a business where you're providing a service to folks where there is some type of impact. And I don't know if it's been the last month or so, but I've, I've interviewed several brands where they're helping. They're, they're helping people in their day-to-day lives. It's not so much a nice to have or a nice experience or a product that they would be nice to have. It's something where this is, uh, we didn't expect this to happen. Now it is, and they need help. And when you're in that role, I think it's knowing that, right? It's like, you guys know, wait, they're going through a rough time here. Let's make sure we can do all the right things, right? Like make sure we get that. There's most important things taken care of, right? The other things may not be as important, but these items are real important. They're already going through a rough time. We want to get it right. And, and that's, I think people have a natural reaction to that of being really appreciative or not so appreciative. So obviously you got to get that right, but it starts with being aware of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you hit something that's that's interesting is I joined the team. Uh, I went to my first trade show with the team and, you know, I've done a lot of trade shows in my career and, you know, everybody hands out the tchotchkes and who's got the best item. And, you know, at the end of the show, everybody's running around with a bag. Oh, I need that for my kids and everything. Well, um, before I even got on the team, um, the marketing team had actually written a child's book about the process of uh, a disaster in what happens to contents because usually the parents are the ones, you know, the, the dressers, the beds, the chairs, the kitchen table, all that has to get moved out to the repair. But if it was a fire or something, uh, you know, a, a child's teddy bear could have soot all over it and it needs to be cleaned and protected and some of their toys, well, they, they're going to be gone. We take them. And um, so they actually created, uh, I think this is really, you asked about how the empathy is there. Um, We have two child's books, one for a boy and one for a girl. And the girl's little tiara, and it tells the whole story, great little child uh, children's book, and the boy has a toy rocket. And so we do encourage our franchise owners, we encourage um, insurance carriers and contractors to be able to, they can ask for these books. And they can hand them out to the families as they um, are dealing with this loss. But it's also to remember there's some other folks that are involved that can't comprehend what we're doing. That doesn't have anything to do with our service. And they may not even use us, but we want to make sure they all understand that process because it could be hard for something torn away from them. But that element is that resonating element that sticks with folks for a while. And that that's something I thought that was so impressive as I joined the team. And I pushed and pushed. I said, folks, we need to get this out. This needs to, everybody needs to hear that. I said, if you're in the marketplace, send everybody like a, you know, six books, six boys versions and girls versions and like send it to some carriers or eight you know, insurance agents. Uh, and, and just this is the awareness game again. Uh, but the empathy is there. We know it. We feel it. Um, and that's just an example of how it's been used. And I'm just trying to step on the gas with that and accelerate mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But there's some great elements that are out there around the around the marketing world. So. Well, I totally agree with you on that one. I think uh, 
the, the, the children's books are great lead magnets, right? They, they make all your partners look like rock stars. If, if you have a, a, someone in a related business, I mean, everybody wants to make the family feel better, right? It's not an easy time. And I think if they had these, this had them on hand, right. Or had a copy, they could, you know, that's like, how are you going to help me help my client? Right. That's, right. that's the B2B side. It's really getting clear on how you're helping these other businesses help their clients as well. But to me, that's one way, right. That, that just, it, it's just a nice to have and nice to include. If, so yeah, very cool. And yeah, very much a part of the storytelling of, of, of the marketing side of what you, you would deal with. I mean, you're not going to, promote like it's not something that's a good thing for people to go through so it's not like you want to talk about it or go over and over it but i mean you do want to share the the the, the differences that you're making in lives right and you want to tell those stories so yeah i think it's brilliant and, and yeah. just letting everybody know you know we're there when you need us we're not yeah. the we're not the preventative call at all uh you know there's elements we can deal with if they're redoing their floors because they want new hardwood floors or new carpet or they're doing some reconstruction. Sure, we can be involved in that. Absolutely. Uh, we are experts in that that area to protect their belongings. But a lot of our work right now comes out of a specific type of event. And, uh, you know, that that's specific to 1-800-PACKOUTS. Everybody has their specific idea event, uh, whether whatever it is. It's just identifying and understanding the story that you have for it and then making sure that folks feel that story all the way through your network from every single, everybody is involved, every element of your team in franchising. It's every service provider that's in the field, every business owner, every controller, all the way up to the call center representatives that are answering uh, for us 24 seven in our situation. So it's, um, it's really trying to make sure that it gets there. And that's the element of the marketing is to make sure it is there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, obviously, owning a business is not something that is an easy thing to do. Um, we're in the franchise world, you and I, and we we have a good view of what that looks like. Um, tell me, you know, what your advice would be for someone looking to start a business, maybe something along the, the lines of 1-800-PACKOUT. I know for me, just to kind of give you where I'm going with this, is that um, I, I think you have to have the right partner, right? You have to have the right candidates, uh, the partner with you. But part of it is the empathy that we talked about earlier. It's it's a having the purpose. It's everybody being on the same page, right? With what the brand is about. Tell me a little bit about what your advice would be for someone who might be looking to start a business and just some things to be real about in terms of the kind of business you're in and what it means. Absolutely. Sure thing. And it's, uh, you know, I always tell as I interview uh, potential candidates for franchises and, and everything, it's not everyone is the right candidate for a specific type of brand. Um, so that's one of the things if I was looking uh, to invest in a business of a franchise, I would want to look what fits me as a person. So I have certain expertises that I really enjoy doing. Um and, you know, I can do the business side of certain things, uh, not necessarily the fun part, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they got to get them done in certain roles. But uh, if my day was that every day, then there'd be some, some that'd be a little difficult. But uh, if you're a salesperson you wanna, and you want to start your own business, make sure you, you know and your partner on that brand, on that franchise is, is very good with the training and the operations and the support mechanisms that are there. 
Uh, I still think uh, it, being decades in, in franchising is what does the franchisor offer from the support mechanism? Dig into it. Ask some of the existing franchisees. If they tell you it's all rosy, I, I'm not sure I'd, I'd, I would believe that um, across all of them. I'm, look, I know some really good franchisors out there. We're one of them. It's not perfect. Uh, we have some franchisees that don't feel that they've gotten what they needed. But um, it, as I've come in, for example, I want to find out what it is we're missing. Um, and so as, a, as, a, as an interested party, I'd be looking at where, where might there be some misses, where my biggest weakness is uh, operations. I need production support. What elements of production support does this brand offer me um, whether it's in, you know, restaurants or whether it's in ser customer service or um, you just need to know you have it. Is it readily available? Um, I'm going to grow. How do you grow? What does that brand have in place to help you grow the fastest? So, for example, I like to think we're in a pretty strong place because we have online training mechanisms. I'm now launching embedding training where franchise owners have volunteered time for ride-alongs with their staff that are already trained and experts. So if I needed to, as a franchise owner, I needed to hire a new lead for my, for my team, that's a lot of time out of my team or my general manager to go in and train this person. So that's a loss of productivity to some degree. Now, it's going to help in the long run. But what if I say, hey, there's a franchise owner five hours away, I'm going to send my two new people down there to ride along for two to three days with their teams, get real life experience, um, and then come back and then I'll wrap my training up. So it's spreading it out a little bit, using that network. Um, our training every month that we do is not just for new franchise owners. If existing franchise owners want to send new employees, that'd be great. Come on. They come and they come in and, and work on our general training. We have online elements that are quick, short hits. So people in the field don't lose that productivity timeline. So those are just examples of some things that we do, but there are other franchise owners, um, our franchisees that can see that in their franchisors and delivering that that would make me comfortable with my investment that I'm going to have this support. If not, you don't want to have to just be out there completely on your own because then the question always, the, the famous question we always, what am I paying for? Well, this is what you're getting. And there has to be some value there in evaluating your strengths versus your weaknesses will help you understand the best franchise system to be in. Yeah. Yeah. That's key. The strengths and weaknesses, right? I think most of us would like to believe we're probably stronger. I think the older we get, we're more willing to say, yeah, I'm not good at that. <laughs> It takes time. It takes time. It takes that's a little for sure. time. Like, exactly. You <laughs> that's right. Having a, having a team around you is uh, quite valuable. Um, and, and but you know, I would say about franchising, and my experiences too, has been that no matter what, you have team around you, even if it's not always rosy. Right? You have people to talk to when you're a solo. When you're just starting a business on your own, running things on your own, it's you. Right? Maybe you have a partner, whatever, but. Uh, you don't have anyone to run anything by, right? You don't you don't know That's what correct. normal is, you, you know. So so to me, it's it's invaluable, really. That unless you've done both, you probably don't realize how valuable it is just to have someone to talk to that does what you do. <laughs> Absolutely, 
there's some masterminds. In fact, there's some franchisors that are masterminds. So that's the business model of it. But you pay big money just to be around peers, right? To be around people like yourself to talk to sure. and kind of get input from. So just that alone is is immensely valuable, I've always found. Uh, so speaking of that, um, I mean, I love to ask this. And as I as we wrap up, and I do appreciate your time today, uh, Stefan. But I, I wanted to ask you, like being in the franchise industry, has there been some influence on you, some inspiration that's helped you do your job? And maybe a principle you wanted to share with the audience before I, I let you go that kind of came through through your career and, and something you like to manage by and lead by? Well, there's a there's a couple of things that I'll say to that real quick. Um, for me, the the most exciting thing that has kept me and actually brought me back into franchising are franchisees. Um, you know, yeah, I have I have some guidance. I've been had some really good mentors in that situation from overall business. But before I even found my one of the stronger mentors I've ever had in the franchising world, uh, it was the franchisees that kept me interested. It was the challenge every day um, to understand that this is their life. This is their business. Um, how am I there to help them? I love seeing their success. Uh, in some of my first brands, I still talk uh, and hear from franchise owners um, that you know we had to break we had to break through and show that digital was real. <laughs> and um, I I still get to trade you know some communications with those owners, and uh, it's a chuckle because I challenge them to uh, to remove some a- uh, advertising spend in their yellow pages at the time and put it into digital. Um, I think I proved them now over maybe uh, it's been a good over a decade now, maybe they they might tell you the truth and say, yes, he was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the encouragement that owners have, the energy that they have when I work with them and speak with them, that is so motivating um, for me. So that's been great. Um, but as, as a mentor who's really helped me see what franchising is, there's um, when I worked at ServiceMaster, uh, Tom Koba, who's still involved in the franchising world, uh, as well. He came over from Subway to take over um, the franchise group for a time when I was there. Um, what he taught me about my empathy with the franchise owners and what we needed to do as a franchisor to deliver, including sometimes the harder messages, uh, because it puts them in the better position for their business, um, was something that is, uh, you know, I can't you can't just say it. You have to live it. You have to be shown how it's done, why, and how you find that right uh, line to walk. And and so uh, Tom was extremely strong and positive. He helped me deliver something that was quite unique for franchising in that in in my role. Then um, he made sure I got I was guided correctly through it for a positive on both sides. And, um, you know, it, it's really stuck with me for, for the rest of my career. So absolutely. But the franchisees are the largest energy that, that I have ever had in my career. So, Well, I would say, you know what? That's, that's the number one answer, isn't it? It's, it the brand's all about the franchisees, the strength of the, of the brand, right? Uh, no one left behind. Uh, you're not in business uh, by yourself or for yourself, but not by yourself. It's all those things, but I would say it's totally true. I've, I've gone many uh, avenues. I was definitely an internet 
person like yourself. I mean, I got involved real early in the late 90s and was actually selling for tech companies that were selling those services and then got involved with marketing in the early 2000s and just loved it. I just love the the different, you know, it was just unique and different. And yeah, hearing people say, yeah. Yeah, the internet's a fad, you know, I'm like, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think you realize. But just like AI is a fad. No, AI is not a fad either. No, um, I don't think so. <laughs> it's just how to use it, how to use it correctly. And and yes, it's uh, it's it's one of the uh, tread lightly and and double double check your depth on it. But uh, I, I don't think it's going to go away. It's just how do we utilize it correctly to benefit us? Exactly. Exactly. Probably going at a different uh, a different pace than the internet did, but very very impactful yeah. nonetheless. Um, so, but yeah, no, so that, that's great. So I, I do appreciate it. I want to make sure that the listeners have a chance to check you guys out. What would be the best place to find you guys if they're interested in both the opportunity and obviously in the service, but how can they find you? Digitally, of course, uh, 1-800-PACKOUTS.COM. You can find us there. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn. Um, we, we do all the digital obviously, but, uh, Pretty well-known name, 1-800-PACKOUTS, easy to remember. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find us digitally and all our contact information, quick response uh, on anything, whether it's a need or uh, an interest in the business or anything else. We're, we're right there for you. So yeah. I really appreciate it. Now, it's great having you on. And I know you mentioned earlier, I know that a lot of, a lot of times when I speak to brands about people reaching out, uh, they're very encouraging. I mean, it's it's one of the ways you really learn what's best. We talked earlier about strengths and weaknesses and really understanding. But you really got to make that first step, right? You got to you got to make a call or get online and check things out. But that's the best way to learn is to reach out to a, a franchise brand like yourself. And you and the team are there to to kind of you know walk people through, right? I mean, it's not just yourself, but you have a team, and so people reach out. They can really. It's a, the first step is to learn more. Absolutely. And, and, and as they're learning more, you know, it's all about the validations. Um, sure, you can talk to corporate, you can talk to me as the president, I'll give you my stuff. I can't share everything that's franchising. Um, I can't share data, I don't operate currently. So I can't share financials or anything. But you can talk to franchise owners, you can talk to anyone in our network. What works? What doesn't work? Uh, what support mechanisms is great? What do you think Stefan needs to do better? Uh, you can get all of that. And if you don't do enough of that, then, uh, you know, that you're, you're missing out on really understanding the flow of what's happening within that brand. Um, so we, we have a lot of folks that go through the process and go through three to five validation calls and we set them up on a regular basis. They can take as many as they'd like. They can call anybody in our network. Um, but it's, yeah, it's making sure we're available on every level to folks that are interested and, and we're happy to share things unless it's uh, confidential and proprietary to what we want to do. So yeah, yeah. We try to share. Yeah, it. I always, yeah, I encourage folks. I mean, that's one great thing about franchising is the transparency. Uh, again, it's, it's a partnership. It's a long-term partnership. Everybody wants to see everybody win because there's skin in the game on both sides. There's no, you know what I mean? So it's like, we want to get this right from the get go. So that's the experience. Right. It's always worthwhile in my mind. So I encourage everybody to, to check check out 1-800-PACKOUTS. And Stefan, it's been great to have you on the show today. I really appreciate it, Rob. Great to be here. Got it.